Live from the Coachella Valley, time for another hour of the desert scene, art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And we are back on the Culture Corner. Now we're really pleased to have joining us David Cohan, who is the board vice president of CV Rep, CV Repertory Theater. Hi, David. How are you? Hi, Bonnie. I'm great. How are you? Good. So I wanted to have you on, first of all, because I noticed this op-ed that you wrote the other day in the Desert Sun about how theater's making it through the pandemic and um, hopefully we're all still standing. And then this alliance, this alliance of desert theaters. So tell us a little bit about how that all came about. Yeah, sure. Well, it's, you know, one of those good stories that's coming out of COVID. I hope there'll be plenty more for us. As you know, and your audience knows, the Coachella Valley is really rich in performing arts and and theater companies. And when the pandemic hit, we all had to do what everybody did. We shut down, except that uh, a lot of the performing arts world are nonprofits. And even the good times and the non-COVID times we're always running on the edge of trying to make it and get donations and what have you. So a shutdown is really, um, you know, it's an existential threat to us. It's one of those things that we were all saying, holy cow, what do we do that everybody was figuring out, but our stages went dark mm-hmm. and for lack of, um, of knowing what to do. One of the things that we decided to do among ourselves, we just started talking and we said, you know what? We need to come together as a group we're usually friendly rivals we're usually trying to sell tickets to our own shows and market and we're always looking for donors and those type of things but we said this is one of those times we have to we have to band together Mm -hmm. so back around may 15th you know a little more than a a year ago now which is really hard to imagine that was that long ago we decided to do what everybody was doing we had a zoom call yeah and got a bunch of the theaters together and we just started talking about those things that were that were most upfront for us. Mm-hmm. You know, what do we do? Yeah. And in the beginning, we didn't know how long we were going to be shut down, so we started talking about things like personal protective equipment, PPE, and how are we going to run safe spaces, and uh, what do we do with our employees, and right, all those kinds of things. That began as things continued and continued morphed into lots of other things. Uh, we talked about streaming. How do we offer what What's the technology, the best technology, and who's got experience doing what? And instead of being, you know, even friendly rivals, we became friends. Mm-hmm. We we just collaborated. And we tried to share the best knowledge that we all had. We created this thing that we call the Alliance of Desert Theaters. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's, it's a cooperative of producing theater companies and a live or, um, entertainment organizations here in the Valley, we actually expanded a little bit to also make it the Morongo Basin because we had interest from groups up there. Yeah. And what we decided to do was be more than just a support organization for one another. We decided that now that we're together, we're going to work to do those things that we need to, even when we come out of COVID, to take action, to advocate for the performing arts, to really nurture a vibrant performing arts community. Um, and it's been a, a huge success for us, and we think it's going to pay off well into the future um, Mm -hmm. as we're all now thinking about reopening. We've already done some really amazing other things. We have, we have one big success beyond 
what anybody expected, which I can tell you about too. But that, that's what this Alliance of Desert Theaters is, what we call AODT. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a website even. You know, that's how professional we are. We have AODT.org. Okay. Uh, we have 16 organizations kind of locally that are part of us. We've invited everybody in. Some of them, for various reasons, decided not to be part of us mm-hmm. to begin with. And we always want to make sure they're welcome to come back and join us. Mm-hmm. And if there are other people listening or other organizations that think they could benefit from this and we could benefit from them, we, we open our arms wide. We'd love any of the performing arts uh, and entertainment, live entertainment organizations to join us. Excellent. And real quick, so we've got California Desert Corral, Children's Playtime Productions, CV Rep, Coachella Valley Symphony, Desert Ensemble Theater, Desert Theater Works, Desert Performs, Green Room Theater Company, Nickerson Rossi Dance, North Star Theater, Palm Canyon, PS Concerts, Palm Springs Dance Project, Palm Springs Gay Men's Chorus, Palm Springs International Dance Festival, and Theater 29. So um, is one of the things that you've talked about, um, I know that occasionally there are issues where uh, not not every theater group has a home home base, you know, a, a home, a permanent home, a theater structure that's just theirs. And sometimes uh, perform p- groups have to find places to perform. Is that one of the things you've talked about? Is maybe sharing space with each other? Well, um, yes, yes and no. You know, so for instance, CB Rep is, as many of your listeners will know, we're thrilled that a year ago or so we opened up in the old IMAX movie theater. Right, a gorgeous, we spent gorgeous million space. Dollars to, yeah. Yeah, really state-of-the-art stage, um, the only one of two of what we call sprung stages in California. It's it's a 208-seat intimate theater. Beautiful, but not, as you're saying, not everybody is that lucky. On the other hand, it's a curse and a blessing during a time like COVID. We had to keep it safe and operating and pay the utilities and all the expenses of doing that. Um, So we have a place in the world to exist where other theater companies don't. We certainly are open to uh, working as best we can, bringing other organizations and people to use the CV rep stage when CV reps productions will allow for that when we mm-hmm. can. And I'll, and I'll give you in just a little bit, I can give you some ideas, some of the things sure. that are going to be going on there. But then there are the other, we talked about during COVID, how do we operate safely? Some organizations were trying to think, can we do things outdoors? Mm-hmm. Because we thought, and you know what happened? The state and the local municipalities said, sorry, performing arts, you're not allowed. You could be if you're a church group. You could be if you're a Zumba class. It didn't quite make sense because we weren't talking about having a thousand people gather. You know, we'd right. be lucky if there were fifty people, um, and we could space it up. But we weren't part of what California uh, officially calls the blueprint for a safer economy. That gives you the ability to do something. Right. So groups, some groups had some really great ideas. They wanted to use some of the parks. Mm-hmm. Um, CV Rep wanted to use the new Cathedral City Amphitheater. Yeah. We had great uh, cooperation from the cities, from people with fantastic ideas of how to do this, even some financial support, and we weren't allowed. And that was really heartbreaking. Yeah, us. yeah. So one of the things that we did was we got together as this AODT, the Alliance of Desert Theaters, and we found out that what we had done here in the Coachella Valley was going on all over California, other places, Los Angeles and, mm-hmm. and all through the state. Um, other organizations like ours had formed just this grassroots need to embrace one another. Yeah. And we combined with them and we lobbied Sacramento to pay attention to us 
because everybody was doing it, you know, and it was a little bit of the squeaky wheel. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things we're really excited about. Um, we recently were able to have the state include live performance theaters in its blueprint for a safer economy to tell us yeah. what we need to do, how to reopen, and that gives us the ability then to make plans. Yes. To figure out what it will cost and to reopen vibrantly. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing now. That's we're, we're that, that was a big win for us and something that we probably would not have been able to do alone if which we is, didn't have something right. like AODT. So what so exactly. what what are the parameters right now? I know things are opening up. So right now, what are the parameters for let's say let's say I know they're doing th- things at the Ranch Mirage Amphitheater. So what are the what are the parameters right now for live performances? Well, it's a little different for everybody and I don't want to say that I'm the expert on okay. everything because it's still a little wishy-washy. I would tell you that outdoors um, things are allowed if they are done under, there's a whole laundry list of things that you'd have to do of, of how to let people in, mm-hmm. um, whether, how they can be spaced, who can sit with each other, et cetera. Right. Uh, that's going to change again, we understand, uh, around June 15th, but we mm-hmm. still don't have details on that. Mm-hmm. And of course, out here in the Coachella Valley, then geez, that's just in time for us all to sit outside in 110 degree exactly. weather. Yes, exactly, yes, right. exactly, yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, I think what we're going to see is some great small programming getting started through mm-hmm. the summer, mm-hmm. uh, some educational programming, some youth programming and workshops and other things, and I can talk a little bit about what I know that some of the groups are doing. And then I think what you're really going to see is everybody opening up full board in the fall announcing their seasons in the fall yeah and some of it's going to be a little bit delayed to give it a little bit safer mm-hmm. time so you can come in and, and let people come in but they'll be great i have a feeling there's going to be an explosion of offering i do too i do too and the, we don't have a huge amount of time but tell us a little bit about cv rep and some of the summer programs and and summer camps and that kind of thing that's going on at cv rep Sure. Well, it's more than just CV Rep. So um, one of the things I want you to know that even though I'm on the board of CV Rep, um, we as a, the Alliance of Desert Theaters, I'm I'm just the moderator. We don't actually have a hierarchy on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I promise that I'm always going to represent all of the performing arts companies equally. Okay. So I'll tell you a little bit about CV Rep, and then I want to make sure I, I tell you about a few other okay. things that are really okay. exciting that are going on, too. So, for instance, CV Rep um, coming up in this month, June, Thursday, mm-hmm. June 24th, People who are classical music fans, we have a small classical music series that's going to go on this summer indoors. So the Waring International Piano Concert uh, featuring Victor, I'm going to probably not do his last name great, Victor Shlatenko. Okay. He's a really talented 19-year-old pianist. He's going to perform for 60 minutes on stage in a concert at CV Rep. The first thing we're doing back in the theater, 7 p.m., Tickets are $40 a piece. People can get them at, at our website, cvrep.org. Really exciting. Then in July, CV Rep's going to have a performance by the Palm Springs Opera Guild. In August, uh, there we'll have another classical presentation with um, a, a very talented husband and wife team called the Lazos, featuring the music of local composer Jojo Russo. Um, and then we're all waiting. Artistic director of CV Rep, Ron Salona, my superstar, uh, is going to announce the CV Rep 2021-22 season shortly, and it's themed. He's got a theme for it already. And what could be a better theme? Hopes, dreams, and expectations. Excellent. So stay tuned for that. And, of course, always available at cvrep.org. Um, Desart Performs, artistic director Michael Shaw, is going to be announcing their 2021-22 season. The only thing he's uh, let us know so far 
is they're going to kick it off in October with a musical. Okay. So people can keep watch for that. It's going to be fun. I'm a big musical fan. Okay. DesartPerforms.com is their website. Um, and then some other Southerners things that are like Green Room Theater Company. They're going to have their season 13 of their Green Room Theater Company and the Coachella Shakespeare offerings. They're going to be doing a Midsummer's Night Dream mm-hmm. as part of their teen conservatory from July 22nd to July 31st. Excellent. And then... How, how fun does this sound? The Zeusification, as in Dr. Zeus, the Zeusification of Romeo and Juliet as part of their kids' conservatory is going to take place from July 22nd to July 31st. That should be interesting. Wow. Well, it's going to be fun. I know. Well, David Cohen, uh, VP, board VP of CV Rep, what a great idea this was, this Alliance of Desert Theaters, because, you know, it, there's always strength in numbers. And when you, it is, it does, you get can get more done when you band together. And I think that's that's fabulous. And again, if you want to find out more, the, the website is, where is it? I just lost it's it. AODT, AODT.org. And I would also mention quickly, Bonnie, that all the other theater companies like Palm Canyon Theater, if you go to their uh, website, which you can just link to from AODT.org, they've got a whole kids summer camp going on. There's lots of other things going um, that people don't know about. Theater 29 that are, go check them out. I'm hungry for think, to do things after COVID and, and being shut in. Everybody is, and, yeah. 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 But David, thank you We're so ve- very much. Thank you for your great op-ed in Desert Sun, and thank you for all your great theater work. David Cohen, uh, board VP CV Rep. Thank you. All right. We'll be back with, with more in the Culture Corner in just a bit. The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, it's The Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. In this segment, we're going to go ahead and talk about Asian American representation in media. Now, Last month was Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, in which we go, in which we discuss, and maybe not enough. To, uh, not, I think we should discuss these issues all year, personally for me. But I think that la- last month there has been a lot of conversations about representation, and there was one study that came out that a third of lead Asian American Pacific Islander roles in the top grossing movies were played by one person, and that is The Rock. Interesting. And sociologist Nancy Wang Yoon put out a study that actually revealed that only 3.4% of the top grossing movies uh, featured Asian American or Pacific Islander leads over the span of 13 years. And she felt that when you look at 44 films that had a Asian American or Pacific Islander in any if any lead role front and center, 14 of them were played by Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, who is of Samoan descent. Mm. And she did this for the USC Annenberg Inclusion in- Initiative. And she felt, and according to this, the, her statement is, mainstream Hollywood isn't doing its job. 
I'm just gr- so grateful that there's so m- there's that there's more independent movies, and I think the award circus the circuits are recognizing these more authentic stories. So hopefully they will trickle down to the mainstream Hollywood, but we haven't seen that in terms of uh, of the kind of history up to this point, and it for the most part that when they looked into another part of the study they found out that only 22 AAPI actors occupied lead roles compared to 336 white men who had lead roles so that there's a lot of disproportion there mm-hmm. so it yeah. is a very I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna be honest that that is very disappointing that yeah. there isn't more of that and that we I and I know a lot of people have like the rock and all that but i think that you'll start to notice why one specific i never realized that he does play that many i, I, I didn't characters. realize that either yeah and for me it's like geez like i mean i like there's not i like the rock but yeah there there are other there are some real asian i mean there's other asian actors out there that could do some of these roles you know S- certainly and i think that there is there is a movie coming up right now called shang shu that is a Marvel movie, a Marvel superhero movie, and it's going to be their first superhero movie with an Asian lead in mm-hmm. in it. So I'm actually kind of glad that there's at least this mindset in Hollywood of let's go ahead and include more Asian actors. But one of the lead actors from that movie, Shang Chu, actually uh, Simu Liu, he actually posted on social media about the he, he he's kind of a whistleblower for the tv show kim's convenience which is a show about a asian american family that works at a convenience store and the show itself got canceled after five seasons because apparently the producers did not want to continue the show past five seasons and in it uh lao has said that specifically they just felt that the show was that the producers and the writers were overwhelmingly white and that they canceled the show essentially for a spinoff featuring the one white character and that he Mm. said he is not interested in coming back even though he's happy for the actress that got the part he did not feel like the spinoff that the show needed to get canceled for the spinoff to exist especially considering that the it it looks bad yeah it looks bad that a show with a very strong asian cast did not uh, got canceled in favor of a show that has mm-hmm. a white lead, mm-hmm. the spinoff. Mm-hmm. And he also felt that the writers kept trying to keep everyone in a box, for example, keep them in certain Asian stereotypes instead of expanding them. So, like, if a character wanted to go to college or wanted to improve themselves, they couldn't because they wanted to keep them at the convenience store and yeah. keep them working there forever. Yeah. So, I... It tells you a lot about I think it tells you a lot about television that they're not taking enough risks and they're trying to sort of put on this image of diversity without actually taking real risks. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I wanted to get some of your thoughts on these stories. Well, I, I, I think, you know, I think. Yeah, Hollywood, the movie and TV industry is way behind, I think, in, of course, we've talked about this before, the, live theater is much more progressive as far as, you know, diverse casting and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, it's moving very slowly. It's moving too slowly. And um, I just, I applaud uh, the actors, producers, directors, who keep pushing and fighting for more diverse care, more shows with real, real Asian actors and people other than The Rock to do some of these. Yeah, it's important. I mean, th- theater, movies, television, entertainment, theater 
really it's it's supposed to show us the human experience and sort of reflect back to us and the reality of the human experience is there we're very diverse you know there's all kinds of races out there all kinds of gen- so which should show all of us yeah and also i also kind of want to have anyone consider the fact that what would you do if let's say you saw yourself uh, saw like let's say the same white actor playing the same roles over oh. and over again so annoying highly annoying you would so imagine that <laughs> yeah. for like yeah. an asian person watching yeah. the rock all the time even though we love the rock we love him we just feel like give somebody else a chance come give, on give them an opportunity but hey we have a guest coming on yeah marion halpin wonderful photographer i'm gonna have a shoot with her in, uh, later on a couple weeks from now but anyway we'll be back with marion halpin in just a moment on the culture corner Listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. And we're back on the Culture Corner, and now we're joined by Marianne Halpin, who I am very excited to say I'm going to be doing. She's a wonderful photographer, and I'm going to be doing a photo shoot with her in a few weeks. Uh, she's uh, from LA, uh, and she's moved here, I think, a year or so ago. Hi, Marianne, how are you? I'm good, Bonnie. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So um, I, I first became aware of you because I saw, kept seeing things on Facebook. My friend Hope, Hope Diamond and some other singer friends of mine had all these great pictures. And the photography, Marianne Halpin, I said, wow, I need to call this woman. I need some new pictures. So uh, tell us a little bit about um, how you started. You, are you, you're from L.A. originally? Well, no, I'm from Chicago, but I, you know, I was raised out there. We moved out when I was five, but okay. but I got into photography a little bit later. I was I was uh, 35. I started as an actress, singer, and dancer in L.A. Okay, and uh, so I always did photography as a hobby, and then um, you know back when it was film. So I started thought, thinking, well, you know, maybe I should make a business of this. And I said to all of my actor friends, I said, listen, I'll do your headshots if you pay for my film and processing. And that's how it, it started. And then I had all of a sudden, and within six months, I was I was photographing television stars and wow. movie stars. And yeah, I just kind of evolved really, really fast. So so you must you have know, had was, a, you must have just had a really natural eye Um did you know, did well, you know that initially? I'm a I'm a storyteller, mm-hmm. and I think that really good photography, especially portrait photography, mm-hmm. you have to tell a story. It's like mm-hmm. it's not just taking a picture. It's about what are the what's that person saying? Yeah, you know. And if you cover the if you cover everything, if you look at a magazine and you cover the whole thing except for their eyes, you can tell exactly what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, so I think the acting really helped me because I photograph people like I would like to be photographed. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I, I do, you know, actors and singers and musicians and entrepreneurs and I do families and pregnant women and, mm-hmm. you know, I do all people things. And so I always start my session, you know, before people even arrive i say 
what is your vision? What do you want this picture to say for you? Mm-hmm. And and that is really important, I think, because, you know, there are a lot of photographers that are really good, but they don't, you know, it's capturing the essence of the person, and that's what I love to do. Yeah. So did you find... Um the, the, the photography took off so quickly and so fast did that kind of pushed your performing career to the background because you were just doing so well as a photographer I had an aha moment I was in William Morris agency because the, the head of the television department called me in because he loved what I was doing for for a couple of his starlets mm-hmm. and I thought well I'll pitch myself as an actress well mm-hmm. he did not want to know anything about that he kept going back well how did you do this lighting and mm-hmm. I really like this and I had that moment of going, well, they really love me as a photographer, and they really don't care for me as an actress. And I thought, you know, this is, I should get on the horse called photography mm-hmm. and get off, you know, it's like, you don't want to beat a dead horse. Exactly, right? yeah. And so I got on this horse called photography, and I just, start, I, I, I was so fortunate, uh, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, after 30-some years, I still love it. Yeah. It's like, you'll see, I get so energetic Yeah, because I just love, I create in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll say, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. And it's fun because I, I love what I call doing visual branding. Yes. So, especially for singers and entrepreneurs. And so people can look at them and they go, oh, I know what kind of singer they are Mm -hmm. you know because of you know some people have a really wild style and some people have a much more calm and introspective style and so I try to capture that not just say smile right exactly exactly really doesn't say anything (laughs) yeah do you so do you have any any regrets at all uh, about the going down this sort of different path well, not really. It's, okay. it's funny you should say that. Um, my husband and I, um, a couple of years ago, we got contacted by, because I know so many agents and managers mm-hmm. in L.A., we got contacted by a manager that said, you and Joe have such a great look, and we let our hair go salt and pepper. And, and she says, I need an older couple. I go, great, thanks. We're going to go up with <laughs> you know, all medication stuff I can see. Yeah. So I said, well, you know what? Why don't we do that? Just commercials. We'll give it a go. And mm-hmm. so we did mm-hmm. in between me doing photography. And, and we worked a lot. Wow. And I did a lot of print work. Mm-hmm. And I always say I'm a supermodel for medication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it was fun. And, and now, you know, I mean, really, I, I just you know, my my love is photography and yeah and i really love focusing on that so let's talk about you've done a lot of you've done big stars you've done album covers and also i love this book tell us about this book fearless women uh fearless wisdom uh you had aaron brockovich and a number tell us about that well i started and in, in the 90s doing a book of pregnant portraits and it was sort of after the demi moore mm-hmm. cover on vanity fair right. and i really didn't do it because of that it just sort of dropped in my lap. I was doing a figure study. I was so, I was so upset about what Hollywood was doing to young actresses, making them, you know, a lot of eating disorders. Yeah. So I started doing a figure study of all different sizes, and the first woman that came to me was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I went, wow. And I didn't have any children, and I probably wasn't going to. I just was one of those things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
but I really was fascinated about what, what the woman's body was about. So I did that book. It was called Pregnant Goddesshood Celebration of Life. Mm-hmm. And um, it really, it, believe it or not, it was very controversial. And ended up on The View and Inside Edition. I became this expert in pregnancy, which was weird because I never, I was yeah. never pregnant. Yeah. And then from there, I, I met two authors and we decided to collaborate and do a book called Fearless Women, Midlife Portraits, all about fearless aging. And the through line was women holding swords. Mm. So I did that. Um, that was I did was the last book I ever did with film, medium format, all in black and white. Mm-hmm. So I I was fortunate to photograph people like Aaron Brockovich and Joni Mitchell and and um, Joan London and mm-hmm. Linda Gray and all of these yeah. wonderful women that were really doing incredible work in the world. Yeah, and um, and then from there I did a book of entrepreneurs call fearless women fearless wisdom was moving through their fear to their wisdom mm-hmm. and then the latest book which i will give you is called fearless women visions of a new world mm. and that was i had a vision in 2012 that we were really going into to a very dark place wow and and i just felt compelled to photograph women white wearing white on a white background holding the sword, mm-hmm. and talking about what their vision was for a new and better world. And it kind of came inspired by what the Dalai Lama said in, at the Vancouver Peace Conference in 2008. He, he declared that the world would be saved by the Western women. Really? Wow, yes. I love that. And I, I think the world will be saved by all the women in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, women are stepping up people you know like Erin Brockovich and um who's you know her camp- campaign I just had a conversation with her a few months ago and and uh she's gonna she's actually gonna come down to Palm Springs one of these days we're gonna do picture new pictures and things but mm-hmm. she was just really saying how all of us she has a new book out that talks about steps of you know saving the water that all of us need to really be active to save the water because it's all getting polluted yeah so but anyway um there are just some extraordinary women that are doing really extraordinary things and um i was really fortunate to photograph many of them yeah in all four of my books and your website by the way is www.maryann it's m-a-r-y-a-n-n helpin h-a-l-p-i-n dot com uh, That's so correct. what's uh, what's what's next on your your bucket list? I mean, big big project. You have uh, some other photography books in the back of your mind percolating? No, I I really I, I actually uh, my agent I, I during the pandemic I I just you know we all went through so much stuff and I yeah. went through a lot of darkness of mm-hmm. feeling really isolated and but what what came out of it was lots of poetry Mm. and so I'm working on a book um, that she wants me to do called um, um, Pandemic Poetry from the Soul oh I love that and it's uh, really all about my journey which I think is probably going to be about a lot of people's journey Mm -hmm. through the pandemic Yeah. Um, and um, 
really appreciate like one is a one is about appreciating my friends. Yes. And how, yeah. how sad I was I couldn't hug them. I think we all you felt know? that, learned that, yes, in this time. Yeah, and 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 so and then a lot of you know, like a recent poem I wrote was about stepping into the new world and the fear I had about you know, being out there and would I break into tears in front of somebody? Would they turn away? And you know what I mean? It's, it was like really, it's real raw stuff. Yeah. And I'm going to probably do some photographs to go along with the poetry. So that's the only photography I'll do. But Mm -hmm. honestly, being in Palm Springs now, I just feel like I'm on vacation all the time. Yeah, it is. It's one of those kind of towns. Yeah. Um, it is so cool, and uh, not cool. I mean, not in the sense of <laughs> cool in the fascinating, fun sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes. so would you say if if you were going to give advice mm-hmm. to some young photographer coming up, I like what you said before. Would you? Would your best advice be tell a story? Tell the story. Is that yeah? Advice? Tell a story. It's like find. I think with any creative, mm-hmm. why do you why do you want to do this? Yeah, find a point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're looking, like I, I was fortunate a few years ago, I got to go with a nonprofit to Peru, and I got all the donated cameras, and we spent ten days at an orphanage, mm-hmm. and I, in broken Spanish, I I taught the kids how to look through through a camera lens. Yeah, uh-huh. and and say and said, how do you see this? What are you looking at? Look at the whole frame. There are different things in that frame. You know, look at, you know, tilt the camera different ways. You know, really look. You know, I'd show them to how to cover one eye and just look look yeah. through your, your, your hands yeah. so that they could see. I bet um, that was a great experience for them and for you, it sounds like. It was, in, it was incredible. We took them to Machu Picchu, which was... <laughs> It's like the last one to climb up because it's so there's no air, and uh, but it was wonderful. Well, Mary Ann Halpin, I'm so excited that I'm going to be working with you in a few weeks to get some great photos. I'm excited photos. too. Uh, I'm excited too to fi- to see her work and find out more about Mary Ann. You want to go to her website www.maryannhalpin.com. Thank you so much. I'm so uh, g- glad to to get to know you and to work with you in a couple weeks. Thank you so much for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. All right. Have a super day. We'll be back with more on the Culture Corner right after this. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. And today we're going to, in this segment, we're going to talk about today and pop culture history. We need to get a little music thing, dun dun dun, <laughs> some kind of music thing for that. Okay. <laughs> we need, uh, you know what? I was thinking something like the. All my children theme that goes do 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 something like that. Yeah, we will have to come up with a theme. <laughs> so on June second of this 
of June 2nd in 1939, Superman's first solo comic book came out. Wow. So Superman came was not that was not the first time he showed up. He showed up in the Action Comics number 1 and later on they decided to make Superman his own comic book because it turns out that a lot of people really like Superman and it was a very it stuck with people and mm-hmm. obviously well Superman's been around forever so obviously there's that and then a c- couple decades later I think about 50 decades later uh, Dead Poet Society opened in theaters in 1989 wow. did you ever see that movie? I did it was a great movie and you know what's what's kind of creepy about that or I know it's just sad maybe is you remember that what was the, uh, the actor's name? Robin Williams? No, no, no. The young kid that commits suicide. Because oh. his father doesn't want him to be an actor. Sean Robert is three, three names. I forget his name. He commits oh. suicide. In the, and, but that's just kind of weird to me that in the movie, that, uh, that char- actor's character, he's a college kid and his father's completely against him being an actor, completely against him being an actor, and ends up killing, shooting himself. And then fast forward decades, Robin Williams commit suicide it's just kind of sad and it's also an interesting parallel i i do want to point out another parallel sean Wa- robert, robert sean leonard okay there i knew it was go. three names okay go. neil perry in that movie yeah. it's int- because if we do a reverse george reeves who played superman comes mm-hmm. up so it's very interesting yeah that superman and dead poet society yeah it was a very well done movie. I liked that movie a lot. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I actually would say that I watched it, Poet Society, multiple times, and it took a while for me to really appreciate it. Because mm-hmm. at first, I kind of took it as, oh, well, you know, Roger Ebert's right. It's cheesy. And then later on, I said to myself, you know what? No, this actually speaks to me because ah. I've been wanting, because I'm an English major. So for me, it's like, yes. You're correct, Robin Williams. Yeah. That poetry does speak to you. Yeah. Like that. I, I, I never thought it was cheesy. I always liked it. Yeah. And, I, that was one of the few times where I've actually told some I've actually been pretty honest about me being wrong about the first time I saw mm-hmm. a movie like mm-hmm. that I was wrong about that movie mm-hmm. and so I love it I watch yeah. it now and I think it's great and then on June 3rd 1965 an American walks in space Major Edward H. White II stepped out of the Gemini 4 capsule to become the first American astronaut to walk in space uh, you know, he was attached to a thing, but, you know, hey, he that's still, still that's still pretty big milestone. Yeah, I agree. And it was like 20 minutes. Yeah. And apparently he didn't even break a sweat. And that even though he was it actually. But if you want to know, the first person to walk in space was Aleski A. Ren- uh, Lenovov, uh, a Soviet uh, astronaut. He did so that same year, but on March 18th. So mm-hmm. our first American to walk in space and it's very interesting because we forget that a lot of the Soviet, uh, the, I always like to believe the Soviet won the space war because of the fact that, well, they did everything and, and except go to the moon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also in 1956 on June 3rd, uh, most people don't remember this, but in Santa Cruz, they banned rock music. Wow. Remember that they did a total ban at rock music, rock and roll music at pu- public gatherings because it was considered detrimental to both the health and morals of our community 
And two weeks later, there was more bans in Ashbury Park, New, uh, New Jersey, and San Antonio, Texas. So in Santa Cruz, California, there was this... That was the first one in the country? Interesting. Yes. yes. And what happened was that it, it got instigated because there were 200 teenagers who went to a party and there was rock and roll music and they felt like there was too much... Uh, tantalizing motions and suggestions Su- suggestive physical move. dancing and stuff yeah. yes and also because <laughs> scandalous and also because um, racism because they also uh, the, the lieutenant also said that they were dancing to all black music so of course there's that too yeah. which is you know yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. we forget about that yeah and then June 4th the first in 1917 the first Pulitzer Prizes are given out uh, what year was that? 1917. Okay. And then in 1937, on June 4th, shoppers use a shopping cart for the first time. What year was that? 1937. Wow. Okay. We forget that the shopping cart was not invented wow. until 1937, and they were introduced at the Humpty Dumpty supermarket in Oklahoma City. Humpty Dumpty. I love it. And sec- and then it uh, and also sec- uh, ni- uh, June 4th is also... National Secretary's Day. So if you've ever been a sec, if you're a secretary right now, take a break. Uh, take I, a break. Right I've now. done back in the day. I did secretarial work, reception, all that stuff. I think technically sometimes here at the station I do secretary work, but we'll talk. <laughs> about, <laughs> I think we'll just call it something else. We'll call it administrative sounds uh, better. See, that could yeah. work. I like that. Or assistant. I've yeah. actually saw a bunch of movies. I noticed a lot of movies in the 80s, um, like Working Girl, they have like this idea of like taking the word secretary away and putting assistant. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost like, you know what? Just reclaim secretary. It's a great it's a great word. I like the way it it's, sounds. Well, it's a, and it's really a noble profession. And it's, it's a lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah. I agree. And also tomorrow being June 5th, Uncle Tom's Cabin serial story is published in the newspaper. So Harriet Beecher Stowe's famous anti-slavery book. What year was that? Uh, 1851. Okay. So... It actually lasted as a 40-week serial, which means that every week there was mm-hmm. a new chapter, and that was the first time it was published. Mm-hmm. And then 1956, another rock and roll story, Elvis Presley uh, show, uh, showed up on the Milton Berle show on NBC. Oh, I don't even... Was uh, that his first television appearance on Mel- Milton Berle? I think it was one of the thing. It was one of his first appearances because he was actually on the stage show. He showed up on CBS, uh, CBS's stage show, and then he showed up again on um, the Milton Berle show where he did Hound Dog, and he showed off his. Because I think the one people think of is the Ed Sullivan when he was on Ed Sullivan. That that was like the big, but maybe it wasn't his actual first TV appearance. Yeah. And, but the thing is, Ed Sullivan introduced him later on September 9th, but okay. Elvis Presley did show up to do, like, Hound Dog on there. Okay. And some critics said that he had no singing ability, and he was called Elvis the Pelvis. Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> that. I remember that phrase, yeah. yeah. And then finally, 1983, Cats the Musical won Best Musical at the wow. Tony. So we can keep laughing at Cats, but apparently... It did well, yeah. It did well enough. All right. Thank you to everybody. Thank you, Marianne Halpin and David Cohen and Brian. Great show. All Great right, everybody, show, stay Brian. safe. Get vaccinated. We'll see you next week.